0: Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. It's another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. This is one man's opinion. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What it all for listening, for downloading, subscribing, favoriting, commenting, sharing. Appreciate each and every one of you growing this podcast. Remember that this is uncensored. It is unfiltered. We will talk like big people talk. And if you can't handle that or if you don't like controversial topics or, you know, the naughty words, this show is probably not for you. But for the rest of us, thank you for tuning in. This is going to be a short and sweet episode. If you are uh, a regular listener and listening to me, thank you, guys, number one. Number two, if you're not, well, my name is Chef Mans. So you can hear me weekday afternoon, Sirius XM, Fantasy Sports Radio, Channel 87. I host a show called Elite Sports on that network. Proud to do so, 13 years and running. I'm also part owner and the chief content officer over at FantasyGuru.com big things happening baby at fantasyguru.com. more on that in just a matter of moments yeah you probably maybe you heard the announcement maybe you saw the press release already i'll comment don't you worry just a few moments you could follow me on social media at jeff underscore mans on twitter the jeff mans all one word facebook instagram snapchat and on tiktok i am solo today If you are a regular listener of the Elite Sports Show on SiriusXM, you're wondering, well, how come you're doing this show and not the weather? Well, I am technically on vacation, even though you know the naughty people. We never sleep. There's no rest for the wicked here. So recording this podcast, they have a lot to talk about, a lot that I'm sure you want my opinions on. The timing of all this business stuff that you may or may not have read is lining up at like the worst possible time. I've had this vacation planned for months uh, out in Philadelphia with my family. So, representing the East Coast, you know, we're having some fun out here, but I definitely want to drop some fantasy football knowledge. I definitely want to address all the things that are happening on the business side with fantasyguru.com. And listen, I, I am so egotistical that I can't go a whole week without you hearing my nasally drone, right? So, that's what we're doing on today's show. And I'll only be about 30 to 45 minutes on this one. So uh, hopefully it's a nice, easy one, but I will be dropping knowledge. All right, let's dive into it by now. I'm sure you've heard the news. Fantasyguru.com and our parent company have been acquired by Podcast One. That is a tremendously exciting news event for myself personally it's very exciting for our co-workers and our management team and ownership group over at fantasyguru.com and it's a very exciting thing for the elite mafia this is a long time coming though deals like this happen very fast very quickly but not without a lot of investigating, a lot of work behind the scenes. So our CEO Rob Brink and our uh, ownership group Orange Capital and everybody else, I want to thank all them for everything they've done. I want to thank the Podcast One group who have been amazing in the brief time that I've come to know and work with them. Even though nothing has crossed the finish line just as of yet, you know those things are going to happen. But I'm really excited. Um, This is an opportunity that we get to join just a massive group and obviously tremendous company. Live One is the parent company ever since, you know, been operating since 2007, really understands the broadcasting space. They understand the podcasting space, obviously, the live programming space, the video space, right? Fantasy is sort of a new acquisition, a new Thing for them, but that's what we do anyway. That's what our group at FantasyGuru.com does. So just an FYI, um, so everybody is aware, rest everybody's concerns, Everybody, everything at FantasyGuru.com is normal. Everything will be normal. It will still give you the award-winning content service that we've provided for over 30 years for the only fantasy company in the world that has operated that long. RotoWire's right up there as well. I want to give a shout out to our guys at RotoWire, but you know, very few companies have operated the way Fantasy Guru has, and we've made it through the ups and downs of the market. And uh, you know, I'm just really proud of everybody associated with this. And the most important people, though, are our customers, our 24,000 plus members over at FantasyGuru.com that now have a even a better backing than we had before with more opportunities to them. I mean, your subscription and your membership at fantasyguru.com has just became so much more valuable because of all that we're going to be able to offer you in the coming days, weeks, months. And of course, over time throughout the years, right? We are not going anywhere. We're not really changing all that much. We're going to, we're going to look a lot better. The website's going to function a lot better, right? Our tools are going to expand. Our content provider group is going to expand. Obviously, we've got big plans. I'm not going to share. I don't think today's the day to share all of that, what I'm anticipating happening. Just know you're going to hear a lot more of me. You're going to hear a lot more of our group, our, our guys like Ray Flowers and Uh, Tyler Beaker and Armando Marsal and Russell Clay and Scotty B Bonder and Chris Rose and everybody. And now I'm going to leave somebody out and they're going to get mad at me, but don't get mad because I love each and every one of you. I'm going to be able to grow this company in a way that's very conducive to our membership group. We're going to be able to add people and combine forces with other great talents and, and, Uh, tech companies and everything else. So it's just an exciting time. And for those that don't care about the business side, I get it. You just want the work. You just want me to tell you about what I've discovered in my coaching breakdowns. Well, that's the good thing. Coaching breakdowns, all like normal. You don't get them anywhere else. I think podcast one and the live one group overall, they've realized that what we do is unlike anything anybody else in the fantasy space does. Our membership group, our loyalty to those members, the content we provide is nothing that's found elsewhere. It's unique. And that's, and it's going to look prettier. Graphics, right? Color schemes, and yes, website functionality and downloadability, and the amount of uh, um, podcasts and live streams available on the site. Also, our offerings over on the Podcast One site going to grow exponentially, right? And have just so much better opportunities. I can't even describe to you how proud I am of this, but uh, I'm excited to get going. And I will say this, trust me when I say you want to be a part of our product this year, our fantasy football product, the rest of the baseball season, VIP Platinum, all of those who took my advice and got the 50% off, By the way, if you're listening to this, the final couple days in June, we are ending that on July 1. So, uh, yeah, get the hell in that, which is midnight on Friday night. Okay? So if you're listening before that, get in. Plat 50 is that. And, I mean, you've just – a massive amount of content that's come your way that wasn't going to be there just days ago before this announcement. But also – that um the elite mafia fantasy football championship, our training camp, fantasy football training camp coming up on August 18th of this year, like all these events that we're doing, we're going to build more events, more live events. It's all just button put on steroids, Raphael Palmero before the roids and Rafael Palmero over. I would say Bill Romanowski, but we're not going to get that angry with everybody. All right. And we're going to pay our taxes. That's for damn sure. So, it's exciting. It's an exciting time. Our prices and everything were already set to go up. So that is not a signal of the new ownership group. Do not put that on them. This is a normal thing on July 1st that we're doing, but we offered a month of early bird, but you won't, you're going to shit your fucking pants. When you see what we roll out this year, like you, you literally are the training camp alone is going to be so I, I wish I could say all the details that I have planned already, but I can't, it's not right. But the things that I've lined up, it's amazing. So if you're not going to get the VIP platinum, get the elite seasonal package, the $99 package or higher, get DFS, get betting, get that. Cause everybody's going to be entered in. Everybody's going to be part of get a ticket to training camp. And it's going to be just a tremendous time. So Uh, Kudos to everybody out there, and I'm very excited to get going on that. There will be a lot of rumors, a lot of talk, I'm sure, in the industry and on social media about all the the terms of the deal, all that kind of stuff. None of that, obviously, is something I could discuss or talk about. At this point, I've always been an open book, though, with you all every time, anytime I can, and I will be again, right? So wait time. Happy to answer questions about this when I get back on the air and discord over at fantasyguru.com where I'm on, as you could see already, even with a family vacation that has been planned, even with a tremendous, huge business deal in front of me, I'm still taking time to get out and do the work everybody. So I'm pumped up about that. I can't wait to join forces with podcast one, and uh, it's just going to be a great time had by all. Um. All right. So there. Spent enough time on that. Uh, there'll be plenty of more opportunities. Let's talk some fantasy football. A lot of great commentary. Really appreciate you guys. You seem to like binging the Broncos. Our f- previous episode questions have flooded in. What about Jerry Judy? You know, what's the right way to draft? You mentioned they're all values, but how would you go about it? You know, a lot of negative news within the last few days about Javante Williams. Everybody talking, nobody's come back from an ACL. I understand that. I really do. And if this was a third, second, third, fourth round pick, I'd be punting on him too. But when you're talking around eight or nine, it's just too amazing to pass up. It's just too good. It's just too good of value. And I know it might not happen even in week one, but he is trending in the right direction. I would be curious on how and when the Denver Broncos add another running back. Because if they add another running back, that's a clear sign. Javante is likely not good for week one. They can't go into this with Tony Jones and Samaj P. Ryan. They literally cannot do that. So that's the indicator. We'll see. There's a lot of good running backs out there. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go over my free agent NFL free agent wish list from a fantasy football perspective later on in this episode, give you my best destinations for all the still unsigned free agents. And who knows? Some of these may sign while uh, the vacation is still going on in the next few days. Who knows? But we'll uh, dive into that. My thought on the deal is pick your spot with Denver happy super flex formats. You have to draft Russell Wilson. Of course, there's no reason not to. He should be a second quarterback for every single one of my listeners. And if he's not, I should slap you with my stinky underpants in the face. Maybe just put them over your head make it breathe in the essence for because uh, of how negligent you're being with your fantasy team in a super flex format, right? In a, another formats, I do not mind the Judy versus Sutton thing. I'm I still have Jerry Judy ranked higher than Cortland Sutton. Good chemistry, absolutely. Judy absolutely is going to be a part of it. Now I compare Jerry Judy to early like 2007, 2008 Lance Moore, and everybody got bent out of shape on me about that. But the problem is, I have you guys. I know what we. Think of Lance Moore. Do you realize the actual numbers of Lance Moore during that span? Lance Moore was a productive as hell player. And in 08, it was 08, 121 targets, 79 receptions, 928 yards, 10 touchdowns. I mean, pretty damn good little season, realistically. Now, I think Jerry Judy absolutely can outperform that and is expected to to outperform that but at the same time you know that's a it's a hell of good season right it's it's really a good season it was a wide receiver 16 season and just those numbers below below a thousand yards he still had 10 touchdowns which helped it so when you look at that and jerry judy's going off the board wide receiver 21 there's no reason he can't replicate that value so i'm fine with judy where he is but I think the value. So that's that's a fine. If you're safer with Judy as your Denver Bronco investment, great. Right. And pair him up in a super flex with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, you should pair up. There's no brainer to me that he should be your number two, your number two quarterback in all two QBs or super flex formats. But the value, that's what last episode was all about. And that's where Javante, Samaj run and Cortland Sutton really kick into high gear. I mean, Sutton is going so late, it's down, it's ridiculous. Wide receiver 48 is crazy. Now, think about this, right? La- last season, for instance, wide receiver 48 last year. Do you know who that was? This is this is a great, I- I'll dive into this later on in the summer, I always do, when we get more into ha- hardcore redraft season. Wide receiver 48 last year was Paris Campbell, which i like to know his numbers. He played every game. He had 91 targets, 63 receptions, 623 yards, and three touchdowns, 149.1 fantasy points. That was your wide receiver 48, which is where Cortland Sutton's going. Courtland Sutton, by the way, uh, he was wide receiver 43 last year in that piece of shit offense. Yet he had 18 more targets, one more reception than Paris Campbell. He had 203 or 206 yards more, same amount of touchdown. I'm sorry, he had one less touchdown than Paris Campbell. Oh, I didn't know that. Sutton did have 58 less rushing yards, Paris Campbell at 558, but he was better last year, and it, by the way, Cortland Sutton only played 15 games. So even if Sutton has a off year, two touchdowns, 829, you're still getting value. Even if he matches last year, you're going to get improved. But if he goes for 1,000 yards, you give me 1,000 yards, six touchdowns out of Cortland Sutton, which is very much on the table, let's fucking, you know, I mean, 800 yards and six touchdowns. And he's a top 24 wide receiver 24. Right? Wide receiver 24. Yeah. That's where you would be drafting that person, currently Terry McLaurin, in the fifth round, fourth round. Actually, fourth round. Shit. Receivers are going higher. Fourth or fifth round. So, yeah, that's the instant. That's the crazy value. And I've already gone into why. It's so much better with Javante and Maja, and I'd definitely handcuff both of them too. So there you go. Um, Since I'm going to make this a shorter episode, let me dive in, uh, get into coaching discoveries, my coaching breakdowns over at fantasyguru.com, wrapping these puppies up. uh, When I take my summer break or summer vacation, I'm never really breaking. I'm just concentrating on the writing and locking these down. They are going to be posted July 10th, over at fantasyguru.com plenty of time to you for you to read through them they are just they are not found anywhere else nobody else has ever ever does this work nobody there's not another human being that goes through this they identify play colors they tell you systems some tell you Personnel groupings but I do all of that plus I have charts and graphs thanks to Mike Horn over at fantasyguru.com who makes them look pretty for me I also write up the fantasy implications. I also write up the matchup implications. I also talk about the coaching tendencies. And I also talked about the volume reports. Nobody does that anywhere. It's a reference point for all forms of fantasy. It's a reference points for all forms of betting, all forms of fantasy watching and fandom as well. So some of the things that I've learned uh, while doing the coaching – uh, I've talked about the Texans a lot. I feel like I, I've Damian Pierce. I'm worried about some of these free agents. I'm worried about a running back targeting Houston. One of these free agents, like Dalvin Cook or Zeke Elliott or something. I worry. The reason I worry about that is because, like that, people are going to recognize. Agents are going to recognize that this is a much better running scheme with those offensive linemen than what we're used to in Houston. And if the defense plays up, now that they have a defensive-minded coordinator, that's going to be even better for the run game and the volume. So right now, I love Damian Pierce, but I am worried. Uh, The tight end, Dalton Schultz, if I wait on tight end, Schultz is going to be my guy. I've just figured that out. All right, so it's the Kyle Shanahan system that's implemented into Houston. The LA Chargers talked a lot about the Chargers. Kellen Moore coming over. A lot more deep passes, a lot less checkdowns to the running back. Like that's something we have to understand. It's going to go away from Austin Eckler. I've talked about that notoriously. The other element that we cannot forget about Kellen Morris, he's not going to give one running back a full load of share. He's not doing it. And quite honestly, Austin Eckler's gotten away the last two seasons without really being a full service running back, All right? He is—he has been a partial down running back. Basically, a two-down back is really what it amounts to. So, like, we got to be really careful because now Kellen Moore's coming in. He has used Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott ad nauseum, right? Like, every single game they rotate out. It's why it's maximized Pollard and Zeke's performance, quite honestly. But we can't act like, oh, this is all Eckler's backfield. Do you know what all Eckler's snap percentage was last season? It was 61%. Now, sounds bad. 60-40 split. Bad as that sounds, it was 11th best in the league. So, I mean, for what it's worth, he was 6th in the league in overall running back snaps. Chargers, a lot of snaps, good offense. But 61%, and if that goes down 50, it's going to go down, 58, 55%. What gets taken away? Is it goal line? Is it passing down work? We'll see. It could be either one of them, which Eckler needs both of them to match or come even close to where he's going in ADP right now. Minnesota Vikings, I think a couple of... Interesting tidbits that I picked up from their coaching profile this year. Number one, having Brian Flores in as the uh, defense coordinator is just a tremendous upgrade, a real nice upgrade. Speaking of which, let me talk Dolphins next, uh, because Vic Fangio, like, holy shit, what an improvement that makes on that team. But Minnesota, Wes Phillips and Kevin O'Connell, Kevin O'Connell came in said, I'm going to throw the ball a lot, and that's exactly what they did. The Vikings were not effective running the football last year. So Dalvin Cook made a lot of money, but what should concern us even more than the sheer numbers, remember, third most pass attempts. Meanwhile, the 28th most rushing attempts, fifth fewest in the league, sixth fewest rushing yards last year, seventh fewest rushing yards per attempt last year. The the only reason Dalvin Cook was so valuable and are still valuable at all in fantasy, is that they had the seventh most rushing touchdowns in the league. Dalvin Cook, eight rushing, two receiving touchdowns. Cook averaged 4.4 yards per attempt. It's down from his league average, only caught 39 balls, which is down for him. But Alexander Madison, he averages 3.8 yards per carry. He had five touchdowns, sixth total touchdowns, one receiving. So Madison's numbers look okay from a fantasy perspective. And I think people are expecting a lot more from him. That's another backfield that I think is more much more wide open than anybody's understanding with Ty Chandler and Dwayne McBride in the ride, seventh round pick out of UAB. Watch out for these guys. Alexander Madison, not a gap running power, power gap. Was, scheme which is what they run in minnesota he's not he doesn't fit that he fits the previous scheme as did dalvin cook one cut running back one cut runners zone blocking miami dolphins let's talk fangio is just amazing you know i got fangio took a year off and i know he consulted for the eagles which worked out the thing about it that's amazing to me is vic fangio has a a plan, and a solution for every uh, all of the major offensive schemes in the NFL. Right? You want his entire theme, he always mixes up his front four, I should say his defensive front, because he plays 404, he plays 3-4. 3-4 is his standard go-to. There's always a fourth rusher, but you never know where it's coming from. could co- literally come from anywhere. But In the run game, he's amazing because what's the best running scheme in the National Football League? It's Kyle Shanahan, right, his outside zone, or it's the old Sean McVay wide zone, which ironically enough is what they run in Miami instead of the outside zone. I find that to be a little intriguing. But it's the same premise. The offensive linemen are moving laterally off the running back has to be patient and hit the hole. Well, like Fangio created the six one approach where you have six players who end up rushing on obvious running plays or on most likely run read and react running plays. And by running six players at them, well, the offensive line while moving laterally can't control any of the gaps. Defense has overwhelming gap control, and they plug up every every cutback lane that the offense is trying to secure for the running back. It's it's brilliant, really. Basically, the six-one approach is what you do. Base if you're a Madden player, think about it like you're using goal line. You're using a goal line formation. That's what they do. Okay. Well, in the passing game, what do they do? They mix up coverages, obviously. You never know what coverage Vic Fangio's defense is going to be in. So they he always shows two high safeties. And then when that's done, you, know, you could be in cover one man-to-man, which I think they'll run a lot now that they have Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey, two quality man coverage guys on the outside. They'll hybrid it up with man on one side or man on the outsides and then zone in the middle. But the default there is c- cover eight, which is basically called quarters or cover four, I suppose. But you have four deep. So when you think there's two deep safeties, they're actually moving four players, four deep zones. What does that do? That puts a lid on the deep passing game. I talked about what Brian Schottenheimer wants to do in Dallas and that whole idea of the vertical passing routes and the four verts system, right? Well, that's the answer Vic Fangio has for that. And with the talent on this team being able to rush, the quality you know on every down, they're able to run guys like uh um Raquan uh uh Raekwon Davis and um uh, Blanken on the X-Bronco, uh, Bradley Chubb of course. Manny Agba Vic Fangio rotates these guys in and out, too. Plus, you get Howard and Ramsey, second-rounder Cam Smith, um, Kadar Kahowo, who was the undrafted guy last year who was fantastic for the Dolphins, Nick Needham, who's an inside coverage-type guy. I mean, all of a sudden, got a pretty great setup for Vic Fangio in Miami. You think this offense is going to be great? Watch for the Miami defense. They are a top five unit this season, folks. They're the most dangerous team in the AFC, I tell you. They really are. Kansas City, yes. Cincinnati, yes. Buffalo, yes. But watch out for Miami. Yes, I'm still digging the Dolphins. All right. Um, Other things that I wanted to get to today. um, I think that's good for the coaching discoveries. Let's talk about the wish list that I have a lot of. Unlike most years, there's a bunch of, there's a, a like a real bunch of good free agents at all the skill positions that are still available. And it's very unusual that we have this many, especially the running back position. It's obvious that the NFL doesn't give a shit about running backs anymore. That's plain and simple. Right. But they don't really give a shit. That, I mean, wide receivers, by the way. Here's a little trivia question. Who got the most money? The most money of any running back or wide receiver this offseason? Do you know who it is? And It's by like a lot. $11 is the next closest. Miles Sanders, you say? No. Juju Smith-Schuster? No. Odell Beckham? No. It was Alan Lazard. Allen's already got $44 million over four years. $11 million a year. Now, Jacoby Myers got $11 million a year, too, but he only got three years. So, so, a little bit more than that and more guaranteed money. So, I mean, that's crazy. Anyway, let's look at the current free agents across the National Football League and talk about some of the fantasy impact that they have. But I'll start at quarterback. I think the only quarterback that I... I Will sign somewhere, I would imagine. And he's probably waiting for an injury at this point, is Carson Wentz. Brady's retired. Matt Ryan's retired. Nick Foles, I don't think anybody wants to fuck around with him anymore. So, Teddy Bridgewater, I'm sure maybe, but Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, he wasn't terrible for Washington last year. I know, nobody likes him. I know, and I don't love Carson Wentz. It's so funny because... This is what happens to me all the time. I argued with Eagles fans. I said it after the Super Bowl, man. I said, Nick Foles won you the Super Bowl. This is not Carson Wentz. Do not give him the credit. Eh, You will regret the day you give him the credit and think you're set at quarterback just because Wentz was on an MVP trajectory that year. But Nick, he wouldn't have finished it off. He would have cocked it up. We know he would have. Foles had to come in. It was the perfect. That's why it's one of the most great, wildest Super Bowl championships in professional sports history because the magic needed to happen. Great team. But anyway, um, he didn't play bad. 62% completion rate, 11 to 9 touchdown interception ratio, through for 219 yards per game. You know, it, are those great numbers? No. But at the same time, he only played two games after he came back. And those two games were real shitty. His first five and a half games, or Carson Wentz was a top five quarterback during that span. Right? He was doing real well. Hit a 10 to 4 in touchdown interception ratio. He had a 98.2 quarterback rating during that span. He was throwing for uh, he was throwing for uh, over 240 yards per game, as opposed to what he ended up with. Because his last two games, he threw 123 yards and 143 yards. Yikes. Not good. And he had one touchdown to three interceptions. Things went bad when he got those starts in week, or he didn't start week 16 and 17, but it, either way. So, obviously, he's going to be a backup quarterback. So, where does it make the most sense for Carson Wentz to land? Well, I think the best situation for him, Los Angeles, you know, the Rams are a team I believe are going to add players because all of a sudden through all their wheelings and their dealings and everything that the Rams have done, and they do have about $13 million in cap room going into next year and they're not going to spend that on any kind of long-term deal. It's all there. I think the Rams add two to three veteran players on one year deals for 2023. And Wentz would make a lot of sense right now. Stetson Bennett is the backup quarterback to Matt Stafford and Matt Stafford has spinal problems. His wife doesn't want him to play. He's got concussions problems. He's got collarbone problems. Matt Stafford is a ticking time bomb and listen Let's not forget what Sean McVay was able to do with Baker Mayfield last season. Right? Baker Mayfield was fucking washed. Didn't look good at all, obviously, in Cleveland, but Carolina was a mis He was fucking miserable there. But what did he do? Well, 63% completion percentage, four to two touchdown reception ratio in four games wasn't too bad 86% or I'm sorry, 86 uh, completion or quarterback rate. I don't know why I I blanked on that 5.13 average net yards per attempt. Now that's not a good number, but remember Stafford was just 5.18 before that in nine games. So it wasn't like Stafford was all that much better. Right. So, I mean, Baker Mayfield was able to do that. Why couldn't Carson Wentz do it? I think at least. The other opportunity for Wentz, if you're just, if you're holding him in like in a dynasty, you hope he goes to uh, Arizona. I mean, that makes all the sense in the world for the Cardinals, doesn't it? Why not? We know that. I don't think Kyler Murray plays at all this year. I really don't. I don't think he plays one fucking down of football. Not one. And Colt McCoy sure as hell doesn't want to be involved there it's obviously a rebuilding year so why not one-year deal on Wednesday? see what happens they've got 23 million dollars in cap space so they could easily put a five to ten million dollar deal for a quarterback there all right running backs this is the exciting part well um zeke elliott I think Zeke goes back to the Cowboys. I think that happens. I'm not just saying that because like, I hope it happens. I actually hope it doesn't happen. But I just feel like there's no reason why not. Cowboys have $24 million. They can give them six. Jerry loves them. Jerry loves you. You're in in Dallas. But I think the Rams are another possibility there. It's another opportunity that I think that Zeke Elliott signing in Los Angeles Makes a lot of sense. I don't believe in Cam Akers whatsoever. I know they just brought Sony Michelle in. But yeah, I, I could actually see him on the Rams. And I if he does land in LA, sad to say it would kill my Zach Brown love. Or Zach Evans, I'm sorry. It was Zach Brown, Zach Evans, all the same. But uh no. It's not the same, Jeff. Yes, I know. I got vacation brain. Shut the fuck up. do you want me to do? Uh the uh um I still like I like Zach Evans in that backfield. I don't like Cam Akers. I'm not that into Sonny Michelle, but I could see Zeke land in there. So that's my wish list. I'll I'll tell you where I think where I wish they would go and where I think they'll go. So for Wentz, I'll say the Rams is where I wish and Cardinals where I think he will. Zeke got th- would love him to go with the Rams too. But I think he goes back to Cowboys. Dalvin Cook, boy, this is the Miami Dolphins a million percent. Holy shit! If Dalvin Cook goes to Miami, and I've talked about this number of times, he moves way up on my board. I mean, Dalvin Cook's the top fifteen running back at that point for me, right? With all the dropping, he's. I think he's outside he is outside of my top 30 as we speak but he'll enter the top 15 as soon as he signs in Miami uh, that's a tremendous spot for him where do I think he'll land uh, let me I'll give I think Dalvin Cook's still positively seen I'm gonna say he'll wind up in Buffalo'll so suck for James Cook but he'll be with his brother you know He'll be with his brother. So I think that's would be a pretty nice fit, right? The Cook boys, Cook in the backfield with the Buffalo Bills. Kareem Hunt, boy, I'd like to see him on the Saints. Wouldn't that be a good fit? I think that'd be a pretty damn good fit. I'd love to see it. I think that that's one of those situations where, depending on what happens with Alvin Kamara, and there's people who think Kamara, Kamara might not play at all this year. He is Alvin Kamara. He really is. It's the same exact type. Right? Great receiver out of the backfield. He'd pick right up for it. That'd be an amazing spot for him to fill in, even if it's eight games. It's a hell of a deal in fantasy. Where do I think Kareem Hunt will wind up? Oh, oh. Well, I'll throw one other hopeful hopeful landing spot, and that's L.A. with the Chargers. That'd be pretty awesome, but... Kareem Hunt? Houston? I don't want that. I want my Damian Pierce, but Houston, I could see it. I could see it in Houston. Leonard Fournette? Fuck Leonard Fournette. Nowhere. Maybe Leonard Fournette in Baltimore makes sense. J.K. Dobbins possibly holding out. They could use an inside bruiser and a pass catcher in Todd Monkens' new offense. So fine. Yeah, Baltimore would be the best scenario. Tennessee. What about Tennessee? Oh, Tajay Spears. Oh. Everybody wants Tajay Spears. Maybe. They spent a third round pick. It's been a fourth rounder on Hassan Haskins a year ago. But Fournette could be to start out, be the pass catching guy to spell Derrick Henry in a veteran backfield. So that's where I think he'll wind up, if he does. Actually, Fournette's the one guy I don't think does get signed anywhere. I think he's reached the end of the road. Wide receivers, DeAndre Hopkins. Now, this is the most exciting one. Hot damn, DeAndre. Uh, all right, I'll make a third category. Where do I want him to go? Chicago. <laughs> Let's go. Justin Fields, DJ Moore. bum ba ba bump, bum, 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 bum. But he's not going to go to Chicago. He should. Ryan Poles and Bears Management, a bunch of fucking idiots, but Hopkins, he, he's got to want to win. I don't think anybody's gonna give, him a, gonna give him a shit ton of money. Kansas City's just too perfect. And again, I'm a Rasheed Rice investor. I'm a Kadarius Tony investor. This would be monumental for the Chiefs. And that's the one I actually think that's what happens. I think it's the best fit, and it's what actually happens. How they maneuver the cap, who knows? Because Chiefs have no salary cap room, none. Just have to convert some bonuses and do all that bullshit. Where else for Hopkins? Man, I, you know what I think is really the best spot? Detroit. Detroit Rock City. Detroit would be amazing. I, I mean, Jamison Williams was never going to be a regular fantasy option anyway, but when he comes back having Jamison Williams' speed with the possess- the inside outside possession ability of Amon Ross, Saint Brown, and DeAndre Hopkins, woo! Man, Lions, Lions are already major contenders, but that just puts them on a high. That's a whole different level for them. I hope that happens. I'd love to see Detroit Lions. Coming out of this like that. And let's face it, they got plenty of money, 22 million in cap space. They can, they are the ones that could actually make an offer beyond one year and say, you know what, we're locking you down for the next two, three years. Partner him inside outside game with Amon Ross St. Brown. And boy, and all of a sudden, Jared Goff's in the spectrum of a top 12 fantasy quarterback if that happens. Other, Free agent wide receivers. I mean, there's a bunch of low level guys that I'm intrigued by. Let's start out with Jarvis Landry. I think that's, I think Jarvis Landry is not ready to retire yet. He's a very productive receiver. Right, only 30 years old. It's not like he's over the hill. I can't believe Odell Beckham got a nice big contract and Landry didn't. So Landry's the, a very polished slot wide receiver. He's veteran. Great hands. Where does he fit best? There's two spots that are f- phenomenal. Buffalo's number one. Buffalo, I do love Khalil Shakir. The coaches love Khalil Shakir, but Landry gives them that upgrade, and it could be the nice, if they don't end up with Hopkins and Stefan Diggs wants that other guy on the team, supposedly. Landry's already proven. He'll work with other wideouts. He came in last year to work with Michael Thomas and Chris Olave. He worked with Odell Beckham. He don't care being second or third banana. He wants to win. I think Buffalo is the best spot for him. The other spot, I I love him in Houston with the Texans. It's a great anchor for CJ Stroud, a slot wide receiver. It would take any of the intriguing possibilities away from Robert Woods. Because Robert Woods would move the outside where he becomes a lot less valuable, in my opinion, and move Landry in where he gets a lot of that fantasy value. So, you know, that's my ideal spots there. Um, One other one, I'll throw this out there. Kenny Galladay to the Bears. He's an Illinois guy, he's a Chicago guy, Northern Illinois player. He, If Kenny Galladay could resurrect his career anywhere, it's with Chicago. He wouldn't be what he was with in Detroit, but he could be a downfield, a big downfield target, which is exactly what Justin Fields needs. And that's what they hope Chase Claypool can be. But that's one that I look at like, damn, make that shit happen. Because, I mean, it shouldn't cost anything to add Kenny Galladay to that mix. Julio Jones, I think, is done. I don't see anything. He, I don't think Sammy Watkins, anybody wants to deal with him getting injured in his first practice. So all that, I think, are completely done. All right, folks, I'm going to wrap this one up. Got to get back to the family and back on vacation. Hopefully we learned something today. I do want to shout out everybody in the Elite Mafia, everybody who's ever listened to the XM show, anybody who's ever listened to this or any other podcast I've done, anybody who's ever subscribed to FantasyGuru.com, anybody who has ever worked with us, anybody who has ever Listen to us. Anybody's listened to our podcast on other networks who read our free work anywhere else. Anybody's ever supported me in my career through the fantasy alarm days, the scout fantasy football days, the fighting chance fantasy days, all these different entities. I do want to say, I thank each and every one of you. I know all each and every one of you. I remember each and every one of you. You guys are the ones that I fight for, that I build content for, that I will continue to work my ass off unveiling new talent new innovations new content ideas new shows new articles new tools everything onward and upward in the fantasy and betting sports space i appreciate each and every one of you you mean the world to me and i Thank you from the bottom of my heart for war, being able to provide me with the opportunity to talk to you guys on this show and do all the work that I do at fantasy guru. And now a proud member of the podcast one P one, baby. That's what we are about. Elite mafia lives forever. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for listening, tuning in remember to follow me at Jeff underscore man's on Twitter, the Jeff Man's, everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. I'll be back on Monday, SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio. I'll have a lot to say, a lot of vacation catching up to do. Check on me and the Manscave Discord room at fantasyguru.com. Remember, if you're listening to this before July 1st, early bird ends then. Plat 50, PLAT 50, 50% off our everything all in package. Get the elite seasonal package as well. $99 is the price right now. It's going up on July 1st. My goodness gracious, people. You need to get to training camp, fantasy football training camp on August 18th. Your ticket is free when you get any package, $99 or higher at fantasyguru.com. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's it for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. Episode 162 in the books. Thanks to our producer, Sean Angle. You may disagree or maybe agree with some or everything else that you heard on today's show. And it's all appreciated, folks. If you disagree, it's fine. Why? It's just one man's opinion. It always has been. It always will be. See you next time, everybody. Deuce.